0: We are growing God's church out of a pandemic. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, you've already, you've already heard it announced, so I'm not going to um, really announce it as much as just mention it. Easter is two weeks away. And if you're online, let me just encourage you to let that be the day. I'm talking to those of you who, you might not have made it back in person yet at any of our campus locations, here's an idea. Let Easter be the day that you return to the house of the Lord with the people of God in the house of God. He rose from the dead. It's a great, if you're on the fence and you're just not sure, let that be the day that causes you to fall off the fence. Come on and fall right into the house of the Lord. Could you let them know how much we'd love to have them back? Come on. Hey, so um, I got a confession to make. Uh, I, I, do, I do listen to all kinds of music, um, but I am an old school rocker. In, any, Come on, any old school rock and roll fans in the house? Oh, my people, my people. So, so here's a question for you. What do you think is the best decade for rock and roll? Do you think it's the last decade? The la- second decade of the 21st century? No. I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel like rock and roll is dead these days, right? Do you feel like it's do you feel like it's the first decade of the 21st century? No. How about the last decade of the 20th century? How about the 90s? Anybody feel like the 90s was the was the decade for rock and roll? No. How about come on? How about the big hair 80s days? Come on. Oh, these, these are really. My people, right? The 80s were awesome. Come on, since I'm confessing my stuff, how about some of you who might be a little older, you would say, no, it ain't the 80s. You have no idea. It was the 70s. So there was a song um, that I used to jam to. I was, I was young in the 70s, I mean like real young, but I remember this song and it was a song by Tesla and uh, it was a great, great song. They covered it later. In fact, the original band was the five-man electric band and it was a song titled Signs. You remember? Signs, signs, everywhere signs. Oh, if, if, if you have a lighter and you shouldn't, but if you do... You have, you have full permission to take it out because we're gonna play a little audio clip of the oh my sister in the back just held up the phone. That's more like it. That's more like it. Um, you, you can you can hold up your phone, but come on, let's go let's go ahead and let's start where it talks about the freaky, long-haired freaky boy. Come on. Remember this one? Turn it up, baby. Come on. Y'all remember this? And the sign says long-haired, freaky people need not apply. So I took my- Y'all remember that? If you know it, sing it. If you know it, sing it. Remember that? Blocking out the scenery. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? What a great, great song. Come on, give our production team some love. They are so good. Today, we're gonna talk about signs. Is that okay with you? We're gonna talk about signs as we are in part six of the series Modnik. And I must tell you, of all the series we've ever done, this one one ranks at the top in terms of your engagement. And I think that's because you, like me, live in this world that we live in, and you you actually reach a point, after you live in this world long enough, and you pursue the ways of this world long enough, you actually reach a point, do you not, where you just kind of realize so many of those things don't work anymore. And, And you start to understand what the Bible means when it says to be in the world, but not... Of the world and this modnik series, this this word kingdom backwards is an upside down reversal kingdom. We've been thinking about the Lord's Prayer every single week, remember? Where we ask the Lord in the Lord's Prayer that, that the kingdom of God would be on earth, remember? As it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. In heaven. And so we've been saying, Oh God, may up there come down here. Repeat after me. May up there come down here. And so every single week we've been talking about this upside down kingdom. M stands for what, church? Oh, you guys sound great today. More is less. O. D. G. Generosity flows, we've been keeping that silence, that of Modnik, Modnik, because some of our most generous, faithful actions that we do are kind of on the DL, if you know what I mean, right? N stands for what? Not to us. If you're a note taker, write this in. Today, I want us to look at the word inclusive. Everybody say inclusive. 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 Oh God, may what is up there come down here. It's our way of saying, we want this place, we want this church to be a place where there's no prejudice, no racism, no hatred and no shootings. Can I get an amen? A place where there's no abuse, no addiction, no abandonment. A place where there's no hunger, no starvation, no disease. A place filled with hope and a community of compassion. And so far we've learned these and today we're gonna camp out on this word, inclusive, inclusive. We live in a day and age and and unfortunately America's always been like this and the world's always been like this for that matter. We live in a world where signs are everywhere. Signs, signs, everywhere, signs. Blocking out the scenery, making my mind, do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? And unfortunately, some of the signs that we've put up have been completely antithetical to the ways of God. Do you remember this one? Those of you who like 70s rock and roll can probably remember this all too well. Right? Here, here, here's another one. Here's another one. Sorry. No poor people allowed. Here's another one, kind of a tongue-in-cheek, a little humorous, a boy's treehouse, if you will. You know how little boys are, right? But that sign has permeated our culture in many ways over the years. And here's what the Bible says about living in the Modnik, right? Read this out loud with me. Isaiah 45, 22. Ready? Go. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Leave that up there for a moment. Turn to me and be saved. What's that next word? All. All. You're not going to believe this. You do a word study on the word all? Guess what it means? All. (laughs) All the earth. Here's another one, you you read that so well. All of our campuses, those of you who are online, read this out loud with me. First Timothy, two and six, go. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, this man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for, as a ransom for what? There it is again, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Listen in, church. This is really, really important. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, words like religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free, male and female, black, brown, white, they have absolutely no meaning in the modernic. They have no Place in the modern, other than to evaluate and appreciate and deeply respect all of our differences. Spent a major portion of my teenage years just trying to fit in, like a lot of you all kinds of insecurities and struggling with acceptance and and wanting to be in the in crowd and feeling deep inside my soul like there's got to be more to life than what I am experiencing. And many of us go on a journey at that point in time and then we start to, at one point in time, we finally reach a, a time and a place where we decide that we're going to give God a try. And I wanna share with you this, this illustration that was first written by an author by the name of John Lynch. And the, the illustration narrative has actually been rewritten and unpacked over the years. But I must tell you that it has deeply impacted me over the years. As John Lynch lays out this, this dichotomy, if you will, this tension, if you will, when people come and, and they want to experience God, he talks about the fact that when we come to God, we inevitably, we enter into a position where we're at a fork in the road. And as we stand at this fork in the road, we have two choices. Are we gonna try to please God or are we gonna try to trust God? And I don't know about you, but when I first came into a relationship with Christ and I was 18 years old and I was really, really lost before I was really, really found. And so I, I had a genuine salvation experience. But once I started to try to, to live into this relationship with God, I thought trusting God, that, that feels a little weird, ethereal. How do you, how do you trust a, a person or a God that you don't really know? And so what I did, and again, I'm just betting, I'm just guessing that many of you did the same exact thing, you decided, I'm gonna actually take a lift, and I'm gonna try to please God. Now, what's fascinating is, if you grew up in the South, and I know it's not exclusive to the South, but if you grew up in the South, this is in the water we drink. We, 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 we get taught at an early age uh, that you're saved by what you do. And even if it's not spoken, it is communicated clearly. And many of us grew up with an image of God like a, like a mean principal, who had a ruler in his hand and he was ready to smack me whenever I got out of line. It's one of the reasons why I think I ran from God early on. But then once I got saved, I decided I was gonna try to please God. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you can relate, but like I then went all in at trying to please God. I mean, guys, I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. I bought the clothes that I thought Christians were supposed to wear. I used language that I thought Christians were supposed to use. And it was all about image. It was all about how do you look like a Christian? How do you play the part? And in this great narrative that John Lynch unpacks, he, he fleshes this out a little bit. And again it's deeply impacted me. He, he talked about how you go down that road of pleasing God. And the first thing you realize when you're on that road is it is a well-worn path. The majority of people, even Christians, go down this path of trying to please God. And he talks about as he, as he went down this path, path, he started to realize and observe certain signs along the way. Here was one sign, be all that God expects you to be. Going a little bit further, you understand that it's all about God's expectations and I just have to get up every single day and try to measure up and try to be a good Christian person and when I get home at night, utterly exhausted from the religiosity of it all, hopefully I'll get a good night's sleep and I'll get up tomorrow and I will try the very same thing. In this narrative, you go a little further down this path and you notice that there is this huge schnitzy, if you will, formal building. It's a cathedral. And what you notice as you round the bend, he says, is that you notice that there's a sign above the door entryway of this cathedral and that sign reads self-effort. And as he walks into this cathedral, he opens up the door, and immediately a nice host greets him at the door. We're so glad you're here at the Cathedral of Good Intentions. And he receives that welcome, and then he asks the host, Hey, how are you doing today? At which time the host says, In other words, wait just a minute. And she reaches in her pocket. And she pulls out a mask. And she puts the mask on. Oh, I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? And about that time, he says, you know what? I'm not doing that well. I'm actually screwed up. And again, this is, <laughs> this is where this story has deeply impacted me and my story over the year, years. I'm not doing very well. The truth is... I have a hard time. The truth is I have some big questions about God, Lynch talks about. The truth is I'm feeling all kinds of pain and I feel a little screwed up these days and I'm desperately searching for a guy. She she stops me right there, reaches into her pocket, (laughs) pulls out another mask and says, "Won't, won't you put this on? And so we end up putting our mask on, do we not? And we say, oh, forget all of that, forget all of that. I'm actually doing fine as well. And in that moment, everybody then starts to go back to their conversations as normal, and you walk around in this cathedral of good intentions. And before long, you realize everybody in this place is wearing masks. They're keeping it all covered up. It's a place of phoniness fakeness a place where no one's really being real anymore. And as you make your way down the corridors of this cathedral of good intentions, you start to even notice signs on the inside. Signs like this. Behavioral modification will set you free. You go a little further and you notice this sign. This room is under divine surveillance. So whatever you do, don't screw up because you are being watched. And before long, you start to get accustomed to this environment. You start to wear your masks as well. But after a while, the days turn into weeks. And the weeks turn into months. And for me, the months can even turn into years. This really was the first seven or eight years of my Christian journey. But what happens is when you you live in the Cathedral of Good Intentions, if you are observant and you pay close attention, as people's guards start to come down and as they get a little more relaxed, their mask will fall off a little bit. They'll, They'll drop down a little bit. And if you are observant, you will notice that behind the mask, there's pain. Behind the masks, there's brokenness. There's there's hopelessness. There's loneliness. There's big questions about God and who God is and how do I interact with God. There's questions about insecurity and there's feelings of emptiness. And all in all, you're left at the end of the day realizing that you know what? These people are just not being real. These people are covering it up. They're they're using a bunch of Christianese and they're living their lives behind this mask. And if you were there, I don't know, maybe you were like me. But about seven or eight years in, I realized this is not for me. There has to be more. And so I made my way back I made my way back to the, to the fork in the road. And the truth is, pleasing God was still there and trusting God was still there. And I was kind of looking for a third road because like I said, I, I wasn't crazy about trusting a God that I really didn't know yet, but I stood there and realized there's really, there's really only two roads. And I tried the the pleasing God, I tried the religiosity, I tried earning my salvation through works righteousness and I said, you know what, what do I have to lose? I'm gonna trust God. And I don't know if you've ever been here, but I recall vividly thinking to myself, God, this is my last shot. I'm gonna trust you. But if this doesn't work out, I don't really know what I'm going to to do, and so I I started making my way down that road. The first thing I noticed was that that road, that path, was not nearly as worn as the first path. The first path, it was clear there were a lot of people on that journey. This one, it wasn't the case, and so as I journeyed through and walked down this path, I started also seeing some, some signs along the way. When I turned the first bin, I looked up, and and there was a building like on the other one, but this wasn't some schnitzy, fancy, formal cathedral. This was more of a simple building, more of a humble building, far more accessible, if you will. And as I looked to this building, whereas on the first one, I remember I saw self-effort above the door. I saw another word atop the door of, of this one. It was the word humility. And I walked up to this building, if you will, and as I got ready to open the door and explore into this building, I realized there was a mat, a placemat at the door, a lot like some of the placemats you have at your home. And I noticed there was another word. The word was welcome. And I realized in that moment that there are very few words more appealing, more beautiful and this word, welcome. And I walked into this building and there again, there was a host who greeted me and that host asked me how I was doing and here's what I thought, oh, I've been there before. I'm not gonna get duped again. I'm fine, I'm, I'm just fine. And about that time, I stopped and I looked around me and there were people staring at me like you're staring at me right now in your mask. And I looked at them and they looked at me and I felt the glares and I felt the judgment and I had my mask on because that's what I'd learned before. But in that moment I realized that this was not working and I said forget it. And I took off my mask. And I said, "You know what? I'm done with masks. I'm not doing well." In fact, I'm really screwed up. I've got brokenness. I've got hurt. I've got pain. And on my bad days, I feel unimaginable loneliness and hurt. And I'm still trying to process my own journey. I'm not doing well. And I spun on my heels and I said, forget it all. And I started to walk away when a voice in the back said, is that all you got? Is that all you got? I'll tell you what, I I hear about your loneliness and your pain and your hurt. I'll tell you what, I'll raise you. I'll raise you jail time, meth, and all kinds of hurt in my life. We're so glad you're here. The host then steps forward and, and says, what he's really trying to tell you is that you've entered into the room of grace. And we're so glad. You are here. And the guy who spoke in the back who said, is that all you got? He kind of made his way through the crowd and he gave me a big bear hug and he said, welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. You see, church, the truth is we in the church, and I don't mean you hoping, by the way, I'm not talking about Masks, save your emails, I'm not talking about these masks, but it surely did work well, did it not? I love the fact, as I thought about this, I thought, oh, now that we're all wearing masks, this works. I'm not talking about masking up as we're doing, I'm talking about the mask that you know all too well about. Masks that you've seen people wear throughout your life. Masks that you have put on from time to time. And the unfortunate reality is that the church, for some unknown reason, has continued to put up the wrong kinds of signs. We've followed the way of the world and we put up detrimental, harmful, mean-spirited, and dare I say, unfaithful signs in the house of God. And what we've been trying to say now for 19 years is that there there are signs that we want to put up we most definitely wanna put up some signs. Can I share a few of these with you? Signs like come as you are, come on now. Signs like no perfect people allowed. Signs like your past, listen to me. Your past does not define you. Here's one, you are priceless to God. Here's one, come on, grace abounds. Say that with me, grace abounds. Here's another one, man, we've been putting this one up for 19 years. You matter to God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't even matter where you're going. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your education, or lack thereof. It doesn't even matter what you did last night. You're welcome in this family. This is for everyone. In fact, take note, that's the name of the sermon series we're gonna do after Easter. This is for everyone. And as I continue through that that journey, if you will, of trusting God, as opposed to just trying to please an ever seemingly displeasing God, I came across some other signs. Signs that I would venture to guess you know and love and if you don't, you are gonna know and love them. Here's a sign, if anyone is in Christ, come on. He or she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has what, church? Come, come on. Here, here's a sign that I love straight from the Word of God, Ephesians 2 four and five, why don't you read this one out loud with me at all of our locations, go. But God is so rich in his mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Let the church say amen. Amen. Romans five, six, a short one, ready, go. When we were utterly, when we were what, helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Ephesians, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Oh, may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. Here it is. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of God. And may you experience the love of Christ Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. How are you doing, really? Are you worn out on religion? Do you find yourself just exhausted at trying to jump through the hoops, trying to tow the lines, trying to live out all kinds of expectations that have been put on you by a parent or a friend or a pastor? How are you doing with this this dichotomy, this tension, this fork in the road? Are you... Are you just trying to live out your days trying to please God? Or are you on a faith journey of learning how to trust God? Because one is all about religion. It's all about what you do. The other is all about a faith journey. And it's not about what you do, it is about what He has done. The last sign that I noticed on this journey was straight from Scripture as well. But interestingly enough, it was all about this idea of pleasing God or trusting God. Do you know this one? Hebrews 11:6 from the New Living Translation. And it is impossible to please God, help me out, church, without what? Without what? Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And in that moment, around year eight or nine of my spiritual journey, I started to realize that we please God when we humbly trust God. Oh, we please God when we humbly trust God. And as we humbly trust God, then the work of the Holy Spirit comes in our lives and God starts to do the transformative work that you and I couldn't do in the first place that only God can do. And when I trust him, he starts to remove the shame. He starts to heal the hurt. He starts to meet me in my loneliness and give me a companion that sticks closer than a brother. When I try to please God by trusting God, he comes in and he starts to fix and mend all of my brokenness, which I was trying to do on my own in the first place. And there's something beautiful about a woman or a man, a child or a student, that lives out this faith journey based upon trusting God instead of trying to only please God. And if you're here and this is really resonating with you and you're just kinda sick and tired of religion, you've come to the right place. Welcome, if you're online, You're a part of our community. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the grace room. Welcome to a community, to a family where you don't have to fit into some preconceived notion of what it means to be a Christian. Did you know that that the early Christians, they weren't even called Christians. They were called followers of the way. Other people called them Christians. They were just on a journey. As I'm on a journey, as we're on a journey, we're just learning to trust God. We're learning to walk with God. We're learning to let his love and his acceptance define who we are. We're learning to walk with God spiritually every single day as we apply his truth. And in that freedom, God is transforming us into the image of his son, Jesus. We're a part of the Modnik, where it's all about inclusivity. Regardless of who you are, you're welcome at this place. You will forever be welcome at this place. If you study the New Testament, what's fascinating to me, and I continue to to delight in this, I I used to wrestle with this in the early days. Now I delight in it. Jesus hung out. This will blow your mind. Just, Just let this settle in. The most criticism Jesus took was because he hung out with broken people. He hung out with hurting people. He he was accused of being a wine drinker and a drunkard because he hung out with who the religious establishment didn't want him to hang out with. He hung out with the sexually promiscuous. Remember the woman caught in adultery, John chapter 8? He hung out with those who were broken, those who needed healing, those who had demons. He hung out with all of these folks and the religious people couldn't stand it. Jesus was saying to everyone then, as he says to us now, you are welcome. You are welcome to come into the grace room. Receive my love and let me do a work inside your life. You see, in the church, in the faithful church, in the modernic. We are made up of prostitutes and painters, punks and preppies, prom queens and principals, pediatricians and plumbers, Pharisees and pharmacists, presidents and pastors. Come one, come all. We are all inclusive and this is for everyone, church. Everyone is welcome in the family of God. Father, we thank you. Such, such a healing message, God. Would you forgive us? God, I pray on behalf of of the church. Would you forgive us? The church universal, God, I don't know why. I've never been able to fully understand it, but we've we've at times, oh God, in 2000 years, We've gone the ways of the world. We've we've allowed these hurtful, mean spirited, judgmental signs to separate people from you. Father God, it's one of the reasons why we started this church. We said, you know what? We're going to put up a new set of signs. You matter to God. Come as you are. Grace abounds. No perfect people allowed. And Father, I can only imagine that in a moment like this, there are people who are listening to this and they're just called up in religion. God, they're tired. And Christianity has seemed to be so less than desirable. Like you're on a rat race, just trying to measure up, just trying to, to please this unpleasable divine being. So God, we strip all that away. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We love the fact that in the scriptures, we see him gravitating to those of us who are most broken, those of us who are are most lonely, those of us who are most caught up in insecurities and pains and acceptance issues. And we come just like the woman who was in the scriptures, God, and she had been sick for 12 years and she just did all she could do to to make her way through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. God, we come and we thank you for grace, grace upon grace. And if you're here today and you're just, you're sick and tired of behavioral modification, you're, you're sick and tired of trying to get in through through this cathedral of good intentions and self-effort. Can I just invite you along with the rest of us just just hold your hands out. Just just turn your hands up towards heaven and just have them in your lap. If you're tired of that and Maybe you've slipped into that. Maybe you were saved like me, but you slipped on that well-worn path of trying to please God all the time. Why don't you come back home? Why don't you come back home and just say a simple prayer like this at all of our campuses, or, or maybe you're at home somewhere, you're in a park and you just got your hands turned towards heaven. Say, Jesus, I come just as I am broken, bruised, hurting, confused, lonely. But oh God, this grace just seems so appealing like a long cold drink on a hot day. So I receive you, I receive this this message of just trusting you. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I give you my life. For the first time or or the 10th time, I come back home. Thank you for having the welcome mat out for me. Come into my life. Renew me with your grace. Restore me that I might live to be all that you've called me to be. But may that come out of this trust relationship where you're moving and maneuvering in my life day in and day out like the air I breathe. And I'm becoming like your son, Jesus. Father, we commit as a church, just just commit this with me. Lord, we commit that we will always keep the welcome mat out for all. This will be a place for everyone. And God, if we ever get off track on that, would you, would you course correct through the power of your Holy Spirit that new hope would continue to be that beacon of faith, hope, and love to the world. That any who desire to come into this trust relationship with you will know that they are loved and treasured and welcomed. We pray it all, God. Pray it all. In the name of Jesus, the one who taught us that way. Amen.